Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nicole Murphy podcast. Today on this Instagram live, I'm going to be joined by Chloe, Chloe, oh my gosh, Chloe Skurlak. It's a bit of a tongue twister name. And, um, and she's a holistic reproductive health practitioner, full spectrum fertility awareness educator. And we are going to find out what that means exactly right away here. Let's see here. Let's see, let's see, accept. Hmm. There we go. What does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I was like, we've talked before many a time, so I know what it means. Well, mm-hmm. I, I have an idea and I'm so excited. Also, I totally, I totally tongue twisted your name at the beginning of this, so please forgive me. You know, <laughs> I think Skurlak sounds a lot like Sherlock, and some people love to put like the SH. But it's a very unique um, Slovenian name, actually, Skurlak. I was Google searching and listening to the pronunciation. So the funny thing is, I was like, okay, it's exactly how you would read it. Read it. Yeah, totally. But because I was like, I'm not going to mess up her last name. I like tongue, I, I was like, Chloe. I was like, Chloe. <laughs> anyway, we're moving we on. It. This is what, this is live, everyone. This is live interviews. Um, thanks for joining me, Chloe. And what? I want to start off with this because people, you know, they've been messaging me, oh, I really want to listen to this because I had issues on birth control and I hate being on birth control. And, and you do so much more than educate on birth control. Mm-hmm. But why don't we start by you just saying, what does it mean to be a holistic reproductive health practitioner and a full spectrum fertility awareness educator? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I earned that title, holistic reproductive health practitioner by studying full-time for two years at the Justice College International. So um, in those two years, I studied about the menstrual cycle, and I studied the menstrual cycle as the fifth vital sign. So similar to our blood pressure, our respiratory rate, right, our pulse, um, our menstrual cycles can tell us a lot about our health. And so on top of that, by understanding your menstrual cycle and knowing that you are only fertile for six days per cycle, Understanding this information can also help you to avoid or achieve pregnancy without, you know, synthetic hormones, without medical intervention. So a holistic reproductive health practitioner is somebody who um, sees the power of the menstrual cycle and um, helps others to see that too, for whatever their intentions may be. I love it. So what kind of things do you offer? Usually we do this at the end, but I think it gives people a cool spectrum to understand like what kind of workshops you do and what kind of education you do provide. Yeah. So I call myself a full spectrum certified fertility awareness educator. So what that means is um, if you have a menstrual cycle, then I'm talking to you. So everywhere from menarche to menopause and beyond. So I offer period positivity workshops to parents and preteens, like seven to 14 years old. I help people to avoid pregnancy, to achieve pregnancy, to better understand themselves and their health better throughout the reproductive years. And then even as we're, um, you know, going through postpartum, we are, you know, we get pregnant and then now we're postpartum. What does that look like? So I help people understand their cycles and chart postpartum and then through perimenopause and menopause. So it's second puberty when we start to transition out of our cycling years. And so I support and facilitate that journey for people as well. And if that wasn't enough, I also do cervix portrait parties because I love the cervix. Um, 
you can't talk about fertility awareness and menstrual cycles without talking about your cervix. So one day I decided, let's look at them. And so we use speculums to actually see the cervix, which is the bottom portion of the uterus that sits right in the top of the vagina. And we use speculums to see the cervix and actually take photos of them. And then frame them uh, and put them in our bathrooms. <laughs> now people are listening to this, I'm sure, and they're going, how does somebody do this? How does somebody go, you know what? I want to empower women to take pictures of their cervix. Yeah. <laughs> well, I believe that we teach what we need ourselves. Mm. So everything I do is super for me. <laughs> I, just, I want to sit in a group of women um, and feel empowered in my body and in community and in connection to you know, all of me, including my cervix. So that's why I invite others to do it with me. Same thing with um, the fertility awareness. I had been on hormonal birth control for less than a year, but um, it was awful. I had an awful experience. And so I'm looking for a hormone-free contraception. My aunt had actually passed away of breast cancer, of estrogen-dependent breast cancer. So I knew I didn't want to be taking any more synthetic hormones in my body. And I thought, for crying out loud, there has got to be a way. There has got to be a way to avoid pregnancy without hormones and without, you know, pharma. And so I discovered it. And I discovered it actually through the church, through a cousin of mine who was getting married. And I learned how to track my cycles. And I learned all about my cervical mucus and how to identify my fertile and infertile days. And I got so excited about it. Um, it was so easy. And I fell in love so quickly that, yeah, I... After a year abroad in Colombia, having a little bit of fun, I enrolled in the Justice College International, and that was seven years ago that I became a fertility awareness educator. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, what are some things, you know what, I do think, because Ricky Lake has been speaking out a lot, and mm -hmm. there's there's been documentaries and stuff, that people are more aware now of the potential dangers of hormonal birth control, but for so long it was so normalized. What are some of the main things people might not realize who have been on the pill for a really long time or have taken hormonal birth control? Hormonal birth control shrinks your clitoris. Hormonal birth control steals your libido. It messes with your bone health, your brain health, your heart health. It affects your moods and your brain. It actually changes the partner that you choose. And it does all of these things by preventing ovulation. And I didn't even mention all of them. What else do we have? Um, IBS, uh, vaginal infections, um, all of these things because when we ovulate, we make our hormones estrogen and progesterone. And what most people don't know is that hormonal birth control prevents you from ovulating. So that's what it has, how it works. Ovulation is when the egg leaves the ovary. No egg, no baby. Super effective. But what you don't realize is that when you're not releasing an egg, you're not making your hormones estrogen and progesterone. And regardless of whether you want a baby or not, ovulating and making estrogen and progesterone has full body effects, right? Your bones, your breasts, your heart, your hair, everything. So we're told that hormonal birth control regulates our cycle. Yeah. It doesn't. It actually shuts down your cycle by disconnecting your brain from your ovaries. And that's why people on hormonal birth control have all of these awful side effects. And it's going to show up in everyone individually, like in a different way. Um, but that's, that's why. Wow. That's, that is, do you think people are properly educated when they're given birth control? 
No, I don't think so. And you know, it's really funny because I, as a fertility awareness educator, people automatically assume that I'm anti-pill. And I'm actually not. I think that there are, um, it's so funny, when I first got into this work, um, yeah, I was super angry, uh, like many people are when they learn this stuff. And I was super anti-birth control. Like, nobody should be on hormonal birth control. And it's just, it's awful for everyone. And everyone should practice fertility awareness. And that was seven years ago. And I have been humbled in my journey of my own practice and in teaching others. And I have so much appreciation and admiration for everyone and everyone's story and respect for everyone. And all I want now for people is informed decision. Um, and I just want people to know what hormonal birth control is doing. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm anti-pill. I think there are a lot of situations and a lot of people who benefit from hormonal birth control for a variety of reasons. Um, I just want them to know what's happening so that, you know, they can connect the dots with like their IBS, for example, or their brain frog or their depression with their hormonal birth control, or that they can, you know, take a multivitamin because they know that hormonal birth control is sucking up all of their nutrients, right? Or they, you know, go on it for a year versus 10 years. So I just want people to make informed decisions. I think that's really, really key to say, and also to, um, to shine a light on, there's probably a lot of women who are having side effects that don't even realize that they are. Exactly. So then they think it's them. Mm -hmm. And it'll go on for years, decades, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, so why don't we get into what does it look like to actually do something natural and not mm -hmm. need a hormonal birth control? Mm -hmm. So when you're not on hormonal birth control, you are ovulating. And so when you are ovulating, then pregnancy is possible if sperm and cervical mucus meet. So what they don't tell you is that um, we're only fertile six days per cycle. So as people, as women and people with cycles, we're not fertile every single day. That's what actually makes us very different from our counterparts, from males who are fertile, excuse me, every single day. Yeah. So if you can identify when you're fertile and when you're not, then all you have to do is keep sperm out of your body on the days that you are fertile and you can avoid pregnancy. If you're trying to achieve pregnancy, then you're only fertile during those days. So you have to get sperm into your body those days. And that's one of the coolest things about practicing fertility awareness is you get to use the information however you choose, right? Mm. Um, yeah, so you have to identify yeah, that, that you're fertile or not. That's amazing. So what are some, so have you helped women? I believe you've helped women who have had struggles with becoming pregnant. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you help them with well, that's concerned. Yeah, for sure. So not only can you avoid or achieve pregnancy by knowing when your fertile days are, but you can gain an understanding of your health and your hormones through your charts. So mm -hmm. for example, um, it's important that you're ovulating if you're trying to get pregnant, of course, right? Amongst many things, but especially if you're trying to get pregnant, you have to release an egg. So when someone learns first to chart, it's, that's the number one question I'm always um, helping people answer is, am I even ovulating or not? And then number two is like, what are my hormones like? So for example, after you ovulate, the hormone progesterone, progestation is very important for pregnancy, again, among many other things. And so if you're experiencing like progesterone deficiency symptoms, then you know you're gonna have a hard time getting pregnant. So that's one example. But your chart um, is like a mirror into your health. And so by paying attention to the signs 
um, your cycle of your chart, you can gain so much information that can guide you to make the best steps so that you can have a happy and healthy pregnancy and baby. I love that. So if somebody, let's say, what are some of the symptoms of someone being low in progesterone? Mm, so progesterone, so important. It is the dominant hormone of our second half of our cycle. So after we ovulate until we bleed, progesterone is in control. If you don't have enough progesterone, then you may have signs of like the debilitating signs of PMS, like the breast tenderness or the irritability or the anxiety or the depression. Um, you may have spotting a couple of like a week or two before your period. You might see cervical mucus because progesterone plugs up the cervix. So if you see cervical mucus during this phase of your cycle, then that might be a sign. Um, short luteal phases. Again, if you don't know what that is, you learn to chart, you learn to identify your luteal phase length. If you have a luteal phase less than 10 days, that would be another sign. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, premenstrual spotting I mentioned. So definitely your charts are like little mini lab tests every single day of your hormones. So Katie, you're talking about things that have been totally normalized, like, oh, it's normal to be irritable, have breast tenderness, mm -hmm. all these things. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one is uh, the way we normalize period pain, right? So it's like, oh, we're just cursed with like this cycle, we're cursed with menstruation, we just have to put up with it. No, your period, a healthy, a healthy period is pain-free. Now, don't get me wrong, you are like contracting and sloughing off your endometrial lining. So there can be discomfort or there can be some, you know, like I get the feeling like, oh, here it comes, time to like take rest. But you shouldn't be you know, in the fetal position on your floor, popping mitol or pain pills and canceling all of your plans. So the period, it'll be about a healthy period is four to seven days in length. It starts off heavy and tapers down to light. Um, no stopping and starting. Nice bright red in color, nice, you know, burgundy red color. Um, if you measure it with a menstrual cup, it should be about 30 to 60 milliliters, or you shouldn't be changing your pad or tampon more than every two hours. And relatively pain-free and if it's not if it's not those things there's nothing wrong with you your period is not the problem it's revealing the problem it's a message and it might be that you're progesterone deficient that might be it it might be that you have too much estrogen it might be that you have some inflammation going on it might be that you are deficient in magnesium it might be you know, there might be a structural thing going on and you could benefit from some like, abdominal therapy, like abdominal massage therapy, but the period is not the problem. It's revealing the problem. Um, just like your whole cycle is always talking to you. And so charting is having the tools and learning how to listen to it. That's so powerful and it is really empowering. However, I can't remember if you said you've dealt with backlash, but I know that your mentors for sure dealt with backlash. What type of backlash have, have you, have, have somebody like you experienced? Well, <clears throat> mm, it's been such a long time since I've, I'm always surrounded by such amazing people that I haven't had to meet them in a while. But when I even think about hormonal birth control and the way that we've um, marketed and viewed hormonal birth control as this like amazing pill for women to have, you know, like control over our birth, for example, and be able to work and to be able to be like be in the you know the working thing. But essentially we're making women into like men. When you're taking hormonal birth control, you are 
not, it's not like you're pregnant, which is what most people say, right? It's actually more of a chemically induced menopause and you're showing up similar, like every single day, the same, which is what a hormonal profile of a male is like. So that makes us, that allows us to like show up in, you know, the world more like a man. And so when we start saying things like, well, hormonal birth control is, has all these negative side effects and, you know, it's better to not be on hormonal birth control and to have your natural, you know, cycle and your natural rhythm. Well, a lot of people were saying things like, well, look at all of the positive things that have happened for women because of hormonal birth control. Right. Um, and so there's a little bit of a backlash there for sure. I, but that's also why I think like some people do benefit on being on hormonal birth control and it's their body, it's their decision for sure. But it's also reframing how we even look at women in cycles because who hasn't been grown up thinking that menstrual blood is dirty or that our you know, periods are painful and that you know, the week or two before your period is awful and you're a bitch and you're PMSing. And so a lot, of, um, a lot of the relearning that has to happen for someone to reconnect with their own bodies and their own cycles, I think that's the most important. Yeah, and how empowering for someone to be able to read their body and know when they're ovulating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, like, especially for relationships, what kind of um, things have you seen between couples who learn how to do this together? Oh, that's my favorite. My favorite is teaching couples together. Um, the, when you're learning fertility awareness, it's one of the cool side effects of fertility awareness is it encourages more communication with your partner. Because now it's not just popping a pill every single day and that everyone's just assuming like, oh, we can have sex anytime we want without, you know, without possibility of being pregnant and, you know, she's just always available for sex. No, now it's a conversation. Like today I'm fertile or today I'm not. And so what does that look like? You know, are we, are we going to try to conceive this cycle or are we going to try to avoid? And what does that, what does that look like? And so the communication and the relationship and the intimacy that's fostered, I think, when you're practicing fertility awareness with, um, with a partner is really beautiful. And how are you gonna manage your fertile time, right? And also just exploding this idea that sex is penis, vagina, penis comes and it's over, you know? Because now when you're fertile, um, if you choose to still, you know, be, um, if you choose to have penetration during your fertile time, then you have to use a backup, right? Like a condom or a diaphragm or something so you have to talk about that you have to purchase those things or if you don't want to have sperm and mucus mingling during the times of your fertility then let's like look at what alternate alternative ways that we can express our intimacy or sexuality together and let's explore that and that can be fun right and so i think that learning fertility awareness um with a partner is great and you know another really cool thing i've observed just in my own practice and in my personal life is that like the men love it and they're so excited for you know women to be charting their cycles and to be seeing the data with them and to be supporting them and yeah i think it's a really beautiful thing when i see um partners learning together supporting each other yeah that's again that's so empowering and and again there's a place everyone can choose what they want to do there's a place for all different kinds of birth control mm -hmm. but there has been this kind of messaging throughout my entire life of like, you never know, you can get pregnant anytime. Like it's this like, be afraid all the time. Mm 
Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? If you're not practicing fertility awareness, then the most responsible thing to do is to consider yourself fertile every single day. Right? That, that makes sense. That does make sense. Totally. Um, but once you start paying attention, and once you start looking at your signs of fertility, so that's your cervical mucus, your basal body temperature, so your temperature in the morning, and your cervical position, then you get to narrow that window way down to what days am I actually fertile and what days am I not. And that's what fertility awareness is. It's being aware of your fertility and the change in your fertility. What are some, if you're allowed to speak of this, I'm not sure if you are actually, but what are, what are some of the like amazing changes you've seen in your clients in your whole entire time? Like some, some stories of just transformation. Mm, some of my favorites are when I first start talking about, so the first biomarker that I teach is cervical mucus. So you pay attention to your cervical mucus with your toilet paper. So every time you go to the bathroom, you take some toilet paper and you wipe before and after you go and you decide the sensation. How did that feel? You look, what do you see? And then you have to finger test it and you have to pick it up with your hand. And so often I'll meet people who are like, you want me to do what? You want me to touch? What if, it, what if there's poo on the toilet paper? Like you want me to touch that? And then those are the same people who like three months later are not only finger testing, smelling, tasting, you know, playing with their cervical mucus. They're the same people who are putting their menstruation in their plants or in their bathtub or on their face. And so seeing this change between how you feel about your own body and your own bodily fluids, like that's a celebration. That's a ce and that's one. You have many. That's huge. And some people might be listening right now and be like, sorry, what? What did she just say? So <laughs> why, why would somebody take their blood, their mucus, and use it for other things? Oh my goodness, what a great question. <laughs> so one of my favorite things to do with my cervical mucus uh, is actually to put it on the nape of my neck like perfume. So remember how I mentioned that when you're on hormonal birth control, you actually choose the wrong partner for you because, uh, and they've done a study, they've done, they've done this, um, and they had women smell the t-shirts of different men, and what they found was um, when, you're on, when you're not on hormonal birth control, you can actually smell out the mate or the partner who's more genetically compatible to you. And when you're on hormonal birth control, you lose that superpower. And so it's this smell, these pheromones that really attract us to, um, yeah, our perfect mates. And so well, my cervical mucus and my smell, you know, when, I, when, I've, when I'm in my fertile flow and I've got my cervical mucus going on, I just make it that much easier <laughs> to attract them. <laughs> and then um, as well with like menstruation, menstruation is not dirty. It's not waste, not even like, you know, mm -hmm. our bowel movements or our urine or, you know, like our detoxified with our liver, you know, everything, our kidneys, and then we remove it. Menstruation literally has all of the building blocks for life. Had you have fertilized your egg, had the egg implanted into your uterus, it's that endometrial lining, it's that menstruation that would have like built a baby, right? So because the egg was not fertilized, we had to slough off the lining just so that we can start the whole process over again and release another egg. That's why we have a period. We menstruate because we ovulate and the ovulation or the egg didn't get fertilized, that's all. So don't pour your menstruation down the drain. Don't throw it in the garbage. This is like, mm, this is everything you need to create life. So instead, 
put it with some water. I do one part menstrual blood, 10 parts water, and put it all on your plants. And they'll love it, trust me. So it's, it's very vitamin, it's nutrient rich is what you're saying. Super yeah. nutrient rich, nitrogen, potassium, it has everything. It's just, it's just strong stuff. So you want to dilute it. So make sure you dilute it first. 10 parts water and one part blood. I use a cup, so this is really easy. I just take a jar, I put my cup in, and then I fill it with water. But even if you use pads or other reusable stuff, just soak it in water, um, wring it out with the water, and put it in your plants. See, like, I am... I've always celebrated what you do and, and living with Shauna, cause she interviewed you a while ago. She, <laughs> she did that on our plants. It's still like a stretch for me a little bit and I'm really open-minded. Have you gotten any hate about this at all? Of course, every time yeah. I post, I have a, of course, I have a whole series um, of reels of um, things to do with your menstrual blood. And every time I post one, I lose like a hundred followers but I gain like 200 more. So it all ends up. Um, so yeah, if you're curious what other things to do with your menstrual blood, just go check out my, yeah, my different reels. So I got, I, I paint with it. I bang with it. I put it in the ground. I, yeah, I put it on my face, do a little menstrual blood mask um, and many more to come. I still have many more to share. So follow along. I love that. I love when you say you lose about 100 followers, but you gain like 200. <laughs> because people are interested in in authenticity and things they haven't seen before. Things that are a little bit, it's, I don't want to say controversial, but just someone having the guts to, to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you think you're so... Um, comfortable talking because i'm sure you knew you know you're you're doing these things with blood and you're showing cervical mucus that's not um common you know that's not common but why are you so passionate about it again it goes back to t um, teaching what you needed and mm. i felt very ignorant growing up did you know i thought my clitoris was turning into a penis after i discovered masturbation and I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I promise I'll never do it again. I had no idea what my clitoris was. And I had no idea that it grew when it was aroused. You know, and that's one thing. Here's what else. When I first started bleeding, I had no idea it was going to last for five days each cycle. So I, when I first started bleeding and it, it came and I was super surprised and then it continued to come and like the third day and the fourth day, and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to deal with this for the rest of my life? No one told me about menopause either. And then when I taught myself how to use tampons for the first few years, Nicole, years of using tampons, I would pull my tampon out before I peed every single time because I had no idea there were two holes. Mm -hmm. Do you know how painful and uncomfortable it is to pull out an unsoaked cotton, like, you know, blob out of your vagina because you haven't let it soaked enough because you have to pee. So, so much love to my mom. She always hates it when I tell these stories because she thinks that I'm not painting her as a really great mom. My mom is amazing. But if that's just the thing is, like you said, we don't talk about this stuff. We didn't talk about this stuff. I didn't learn from in school. You know, how could, how could you not know? How could I not know the difference between a urethra and a vagina? So, um, because I was so ignorant and I was so in the dark when I was younger, I don't want, uh, I want that to be different for other people. 
And that's why it's so easy for me to talk about these things now, because I wish somebody would have felt comfortable talking to me about those things when I was younger. Mm, that's beautiful. That's, you know, I remember learning about things, but definitely not what you're teaching. Definitely mm. not what you're teaching. And I think it's so powerful. And again, as I've said, let's this earlier too, but it's really empowering to let, you know, people know that they, they do have choices. It's not just what someone tells you to do. Like you get to make some decisions for yourself as well. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So um, what do you think are some of the misconceptions around what you do? Oh, I have a whole YouTube series on this. So if anyone wants to watch one minute little clips of myth busting about the menstrual cycle fertility awareness or the pill, just head over to my YouTube channel. But what are some of my favorite ones? Um, the series is called 28 Days, 28 Myths because the number one myth is that we're supposed to have 28 day menstrual cycles. That's not true. So you can have menstrual cycles from 25 to 35 days and a variation of up to eight to 10 days in between. And that's still considered normal. Um, this idea that we're supposed to be these like robots and have like ovulate on day 14 and have 28 day cycles. Yeah. So there's a wide variation of normal. And that's one of the most powerful things that we can do in a fertility awareness practice is discover what is our variation of normal. So that if it falls without with, you know, if it falls outside of that, then we can seek help and support. Um, what's another one? So that was a good one about the menstrual cycle. What about the pill is that we have a real uh, a period on the pill. That's not true. So the bleeding event that you're experiencing on hormonal birth control is called a withdrawal bleed. It's not menstruation. Menstruation is defined as a bleeding event that follows ovulation by about two weeks. If you're not ovulating, you're not having a period. And did you know that the bleeding event on the pill is just marketing? It's just marketing. It's absolutely no reason for you to bleed on hormonal birth control. Um, they just knew that if we didn't see blood once a month, despite how much we hate it, that we knew something would be wrong. So they put that in as a placebo pill or whatnot, right? Just so that we would feel comfortable taking the pill, but it's actually totally not necessary and it's not a real menstruation. Um, and then one about fertility awareness. Um, one of my oh, favorite myths about fertility awareness is that you have to have regular cycles to practice it. Again, not true. Because in a fertility awareness practice, especially in the kind that I teach, which is a symptothermal method that relies on daily observations of your biomarkers, you are deciding today, am I fertile or not today? And you don't need to have a predictable 28 day perfect menstrual cycle to do this. It, even if you have irregular cycles or if you're experiencing cycles even longer than 60 days, like for example, if you have like, you know, something like PCOS, you can still use fertility awareness because you're still gonna use the information to decide, am I fertile today or not based on what I'm seeing. And as a bonus, your chart will gain insight and give you insight to what are some things that you can do to bring back to that variation of normal. So that's three of 28 myths I have on my YouTube. So you can go check those out if you wanna know more. I love, I love that one. So yeah, what you're essentially saying is it's not about looking at the big picture it's about every single like you look at the big picture as well but every single day you're able to check your cervix the mucus your temperature to know if you're fertile that day exactly 
That is very empowering. Empowering. That's a game. And it's like the super secret, like menstruator only mindfulness tool, right? So you know, I wake up, I take my temperature. It's like, it's such, it's a beautiful ritual routine that I do for myself every morning, and I take those ten minutes, right, every morning. Who doesn't want ten more minutes in bed? My alarm goes off. Mm, I'm gonna lie here for ten more minutes with my thermometer, right? Every time I go to the bathroom, which by the way, when I first started charting. One thing I noticed about myself was that I waited until the last minute to go pee, right? And like you're going to the bathroom and you're like getting the toilet paper and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna make it because you're supposed to wipe before you go. Well, what is like the most basic form of body literacy, right? Listen, like body literacy meaning like you know you listen to your body and the cues of your body. When you have to pee, you go pee. You don't wait until the last second. And so when I go to the bathroom now, like I slow down phone is not with me, right? I take my toilet paper, I wipe, paying attention to how I feel, what do I see? And it's like another really kind, sweet way I check in with myself throughout the whole day, right? At night, if cervical position checking is part of your routine and part of your practice, you wash your hands, you touch your cervix, you know, is it open, is it closed, is it soft, is it hard, is it high or is it low? And you just connect with yourself that way before charting your signs and then going to bed. So yeah, super secret awesome mindfulness practice is being aware of your fertility throughout the day. I'm gonna throw something at you that we didn't chat about, but you talking about this makes me think there's some nervous system health going on here as well. Oh my goodness, Nicole, bringing up nervous system. Did you know that your cervix is directly connected to your brain? So you have a vagus nerve, which is one of your cranial nerves. And vagus means vagabond, wanderer. And it's called that because this nerve, this nerve wanders throughout your body. So it starts in your brain and it goes to your throat, it goes to your heart, to your lung, to your diaphragm, to your stomach, and it ends at your cervix. And so even a cervical position check, for example, or even just the awareness of your cervix through a fertility awareness practice is a way that you can actually soothe and connect with your nervous system. Like, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible mm -hmm. with your finger, you can touch your cervix and in that way be touching this vagus nerve, which interacts with your entire body. It brings a whole new, a whole new level of like that womb gut heart connection because it literally is connected with the vagus nerve it's amazing it's one of the ways that by slowing down with the fertility awareness practice by connecting with your cervix whether it's with your toilet paper and the cervical mucus whether it's with your finger and a cervical position check you are literally telling your body hey i'm here i'm safe we're okay this is blowing my mind because I've, you know, been looking into just how important it is to regulate the nervous system, mm -hmm. how you create so much healing in your body by having a regulated nervous system, how you can heal trauma through that type of practice. This is huge, Chloe. I know. Yeah. I mean, this is why I take photos of the cervix because it's so amazing. Yeah. So things have obviously changed and you've been doing this for seven years. What have been, like when you first started versus now, what have been some changes, I guess, societally in accepting this information and yeah. 
Wow. You know, I started practicing fertility awareness 11 years ago. So I've wow. 11 years worth of cycles, worth of cycles charted. And you know, it's funny. I remember when I was deciding whether I wanted to enroll in the Justice College and to do this as a profession, like to live. You know, this is how I feed myself. This is how I pay my rent is teaching this information. And of course, I was nervous about it because I don't have a business degree. I have a science degree. I have my, my undergrad in um, um, kinesiology. I don't know how to run a business. And do people even, are people valuing this information? Do people want to even learn this? And do you know what was the kicker for me? I was actually living in a basement with, um, with my best friend. And we had magazines that were coming to our house. They weren't ours. They were an old subscription from like the previous you know, renter, but a Cosmo came and I'm flipping through this Cosmopolitan and in the middle of this magazine, they had a whole article on fertility awareness and justice, which is the school that I went to. And I was like, yeah, okay. If this isn't Cosmo, this was 11, no, no, this, at this point must've been eight years ago. This was like almost 10 years ago and it's in like a Cosmo. I'm like, okay, people are definitely going to take this seriously. Like people are definitely going to talk about this. And you know, allow, you know, 10 years later, we have Instagram accounts devoted to cervical mucus, to fertility awareness, to the cervix. We have blog posts, we have podcasts, like people are waking up to this information and are realizing how amazing it is to be somebody who cycles and they want to ovulate. You know, Laura Bryden, who is one of my most favorite people in the whole world. She's a naturopath from Canada living in New Zealand. She says we have a right to ovulate. And we know now, everyone knows, right? Hormonal birth control prevents ovulation. So, okay, like it's, yeah, it's totally blown up um, from, like I had to learn this in the basement of some woman's house, right? And even then I feel like it's such a, oh, it's just crazy that I like came upon it when I did. Um, but I'm so happy at how much more access there is to this information now. And people do talk way more about their menstrual cycles and people talk about their menstrual blood and their period pain. And um, yeah, so I think that it's blown up way more than it was even a decade ago. Do you, when you're working with clients, cause you do one-on-one -on -one workshops and uh, couples, things like that. Do you actually give suggestions? Like if, if someone has period pain and they're like, here are my symptoms, do you give, are you able to give suggestions about how they can deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's the holistic part of holistic reproductive health practitioner is that gotcha. I get to help you use like holistic ways to, again, uncover what the message might be. Now, don't get me wrong, Nicole. I've been doing this for a really long time and I know what I can and cannot do. Um, and that's a really important part, I think, of working in the wellness field is I um, am very clear on, you know, what I can offer and what I cannot. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not a naturopath. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not even a herbalist, right? So I know what I know and I know what I'm really good at teaching. Now, that being said, um, absolutely, I will look at someone's chart, for example, and while I can't diagnose someone with hypothyroidism from their chart, I can tell them, hey, based on the information that your chart is saying, for example, you have scant cervical mucus, you have scant menstrual flow, you have low basal body temperature, I would encourage you to talk to your doctor about getting your thyroid checked. 
So I can help people to reveal what their cycle or their, you know, their menstruation is telling them about them. Same thing with the period pain, right? Okay, so they're having period pain. Do you know when people become my clients, they have to fill out a 14-page health form for me, which includes a week-long food diary? So yeah, I want people to see the connection between what they're eating between how they're moving their body, between their stress life at work, or between their relationships and their menstrual cycles. So if you're having period pain, then yeah, let's take a look at like the emotional impact that's having on your period pain, the physical impact, maybe there's a nutrient deficiency, maybe you need more magnesium. So what I can do is I can give suggestions and I can empower them to become advocates of their own health. I don't want to be just another doctor who's throwing, you know, prescriptions or, or supplements at you. You know, I want to empower you to look at, okay, what can this mean for me? And what are some things that I can try and you use my chart to give me the feedback. Is this working or is this not? Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and then you have so many years that you've seen so many charts that you see patterns yeah, and it, you can read the chart. Like if I'm just looking at my chart, I won't see the patterns because I haven't seen other people's charts. Right. So that's really cool. Now, I don't know if you're willing to go here, but is there some foods that you can say like um, have consistently been issues with with someone's menstrual cycle? Yeah. So, for example, um, take period pain. So, if someone's having period pain, especially if they're a teen, um, the first thing I would look at is a dairy and sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So, even especially dairy. Um, so, just this is what I tell people: is try it for three cycles. So whatever you're doing now, give it at least three cycles before deciding is this working or not. So if someone's having a lot of period pain, cut out dairy for three cycles and see how it, how it looks. So that would be an example. Yeah. Uh, another thing with um, period pain for sure are inflammatory fats. So our seed oils, canola oil, sunflower oil, um, all of the oils in our processed foods, in the restaurants that we're eating out, that's another big culprit for period pain and a lot of other slew of things that can come out in the cycle. So that would be another recommendation I would have is throw out all the seed oils in your house and replace them with olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, um, and cut out inflammatory oils and get some good healthy fats into your diet. That would be another like easy one. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Um, and are there any supplements that you see that when, or people menstrual cycles are missing the most? Oh, or magnesium it... and vitamin B6. Okay. Yeah, that would be another one, big one. So for example, especially for people who experience a lot of um, issues in their premenstrual time or the time between ovulation and the period, like our PMS time, um, if you're having a hard time, especially, you know, with, you know, mood stuff or um, pain, like back pain or muscle pain, magnesium and vitamin B6 is a, is a great one. And again, get it through your food if you can. And always remember that supplements are supplementary to the pillars of our health. So among, you know, getting good sleep and like, you know, going to bed before 11 and eating lots of fat, protein, carbs with every meal, um, resting, playing, you know, reducing your, you know, estrogen exposure with all of those other things that you do for your health. Again, then you can also supplement on top of that as well. But, um, yeah, I'm full of little nuggets like that. So that's so, so great. So, okay. I asked this question to everyone. What is the biggest lie you once believed? (sighs) 
that having periods sucked. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest lie. Oh my gosh, what a blessing. What a blessing. What an experience. Yeah, I love, I love being somebody who menstruates. I love having a period. And I've made it my life's mission to, in, to inspire that in other people too. Um, how does it feel for you? Like what, what were the feelings that you once had around getting a period versus now? Mm, it was an inconvenience. It sucked. It was gross. It made me dirty. Um, it was bad. Um, yeah, it was just super inconvenient and got in the way. And now I see my period and my whole cycle as, um, a gift and as a barometer of my health and as a compass to all of the decisions I make, every single one of them, every decision from what am I going to eat today? How am I going to move my body today? What am I going to say yes today? What am I going to say no to today? What am I going to do? Um, what am I going to do with my work? All, every decision I make, I, the first thing I consider is my menstrual cycle. And it is my ultimate compass and my guide and my, it's, you know, to quote Alexandra Pope and Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer, who are the founders of Red School and have written amazing books. They say that your menstrual cycle is the ultimate tool to befriending yourself, the ultimate guide, the ultimate guide to befriending yourself. And it truly is. I love that so much. It's, it's such a different way to talk about periods besides just like powering through or feeling horrible. It's like using it as a tool to inspire. I love that. And just to get to know yourself better. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so how can people work with you? What do you have going on? Uh, you mentioned your YouTube channel. What else? What do you got going on? Chloe, Chloe Skirlack. Just put Chloe Skirlack in any of the places and you'll find me. Um, Instagram is my playground. I love Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Chloe Skirlack. Um, my website, I have, yeah, you can find my um, blogs. I have some resources. I have some webinars that you can purchase. You can also um, book a call to chat with me. If you have any questions or concerns about your, you know, your own experience or your own cycle, I'm happy to chat with you. I offer fertility awareness education in um, private work and group programs. So if you're curious about that, you can reach out to me. And yeah, and also keep an eye out for my workshops. So I offer all kinds of workshops all the time, but my probably my top three are the period positivity workshop which I do in person here in Edmonton, Alberta, and online, the cervix portrait party, which I'm doing for another one, and the perimenopause prep, which is a workshop I also run for people who are transitioning to menopause. So yeah, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I love it. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, this, this question kind of just popped up while you're talking. How did your family feel about you doing this as a career? Because, you know, in general, sometimes families are concerned about people not doing a traditional type of career. But this is really not traditional. I'm curious. Oh, before this, I wanted to be a sexologist. So my mom has already oh. been, I went from like neuroscientist to sexologist to educator. <laughs> so yeah, my mom was like, okay, cool. So at least, yeah. Anyways, it was hilarious. Yeah, my mom is, my mom has been there for me. But I would say that as a family full of women, yeah, I think it's really great that I honed in on this skill and that I can support my family with this information as well. And I think that 
yeah, they've really supported me too. Yeah, especially my mom. My mom is my biggest fan. Um, she shares everything, um, everything I, I post, that. and she's my biggest fan, and she loves to talk about me, and she loves to boast about about me and, and fertility awareness and women's bodies, and so do my aunts and my cousins. And my grandfather has a great, um, he's actually just recently passed, um, oh, but he, he was probably not a big fan of my Instagram. <laughs> But yeah, just, yeah, all the love. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to say to the people listening? Yeah. If you want to practice fertility awareness, whether you are on hormonal birth control pill or not, you can start to learn the habits of a fertility awareness practice today. And it starts by simply paying attention to your toilet paper. So you're already wiping, right? Every time you go to the bathroom. So simply change that to conscious wiping. We're going to take a couple more seconds to fold your toilet paper into a nice square like this, your cervical mucus canvas, and you're going to wipe from front to back before you go to the bathroom and after you go to the bathroom. Pay attention to how you feel and what you see and if you can pick anything up and that's where it begins. So you can start today. That's awesome. So you're saying bef before you go pee and, and after. after. Before you go poo okay. and after. Right. Before and after every time. And you're just taking a peek and then for more information go check out chloe's stuff because then you can start to learn how to read what you're looking at too totally yeah 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 awesome okay have a great day thank you so much for joining me chloe thanks for having me nicole i love you see ya love you Bye. too see ya